Hey, happy Tuesday, everyone. Tyson Alger here. This is the I-5 Corridor Traffic Report. I am joined by Shane Hoffman a, a day later than usual, but Shane was doing some traveling this week and into the weekend, and I'm just happy to have him here. Shane, how's it going? How was Berkeley? Uh, yeah, how are you doing, man? I'm doing well. I'm doing well. I'm not too much to complain about. Uh, Berkeley was fun. And then on top of that, I got to do some uh, media day stuff down in San Francisco as well. So uh, it was a nice little escape, a little bit of work, a little bit of vacation, saw some friends, but, uh, you know, expanding the corridor's reach. In the uh, middle of the Cal game, I got a text from a source who will not be named that said, your guy Shane fits right in here with the Birkenstocks. Um, so it's, it's, <laughs> really? It's, yeah, so it, so it, it it sounds like it sounds like you made yourself home uh, at, at home uh, <laughs> down there in the bay. There down you go. The yeah, bay. yeah. Had to switch up the style a little bit. You know, I can't become the same as all these other reporters. I got to use that young flash a little bit. Yeah, exactly. You you hadn't been to that stadium before. We were just talking before we started recording. Like I I like you know it's it's an easy one to uh, tweet out and be like, where's the crowd for this one? But outside of that like i actually like the stadium environment there it's just like tucked up into the hills in that neighborhood and i saw you tweet out the picture of like the people watching in the hills like it's uh it's it's an eclectic environment that's i'd say it's it's different than in quite about anything else than I, than i've experienced at least in the pac 12 yeah no it was super cool and and honestly the crowd ended up it was a little bit of a late arriving crowd it ended up being respectable i mean it was just that kickoff it was pretty weak um but yeah it was really cool it, it we were driving up to it and it kind of comes out of nowhere. Like, it, like you were saying, it's up in the hills and in neighborhoods. And the fact you can drive right up to it and walk right up to it is very different than Austin or really, really any other, you know, high quality college venue I've, I've seen, honestly. So it was, it was cool. It was a switch up for sure. So we, we thought that game was going to be a blowout. Um, Oregon struggled a little bit to get going early on, but it did end up being a blowout. Bonex had, uh, just another ridiculous Bonex game, and it's it's one of those things that we've uh, we got that right, Shane. And uh, today's podcast, because since this is Tuesday, we don't want to completely rehash the weekend. Uh, we thought it'd be kind of fun to go into stuff that we've gotten wrong uh, since the launch of the corridor. Not necessarily factually, but uh, we have a little bit of a curse going. I think, dude. Like it's uh, like that's oh, bad. Yeah, like I was running a tally, and uh, um, it goes deep. It goes deep in terms of stuff we have written and also ideas we've thrown around. And I'm wondering if it's a power we should start leveraging for good. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I, I think I think what we should do here is uh, uh, I think we should do a little a little draft of picking the, uh, the stories the other person screwed up the most. Not screwed up the most, but, you know, like cursed the most because uh, you and I both have a pretty good uh, Rolodex here. Yeah, so you want to you want to do the first pick? We both have a. I think we have the same list, so we're we're same draft pool here. Yeah, yeah, and and I, I also just want to start out like this. This is just fun. Like it's like when you write. Uh, I I think I was looking through it already, and in in a year and a half, we were probably already about four hundred, five hundred, or almost about four hundred stories into the corridor. If you take into my time at the Athletic and the Oregonian before that, I've I've written more words than I could ever possibly remember. So occasionally, you know, uh, especially when you're doing season previews, when you cover a team that has little to no access and sometimes you just have to take a shot on something, uh, you know, sometimes you just have to go with it and it doesn't always work and, and you live to fight another battle, which is why 
I don't blame you for calling Dante Thornton potentially the next best Oregon wide receiver or the best wide receiver on this roster or potentially the next best superstar because with what we had to work with, I mean, you're looking at the kid, he's six foot six, he runs like the wind, the coaches talked him up, he was a high level recruit, but dude, you wrote about Dante Thornton and, and we barely mentioned Troy Franklin in the preseason. So I'm, I'm going to have to go with your Dante Thornton uh, profile as my number one pick in the you screwed it up draft. Yeah, yeah, no, that's that's got to be the number one pick. And, it, you know, it's a great story. And like you were saying before we got into this, like sometimes when you have a great off-the-field story, you try to parlay that into something on the field that's going to be as significant and try to kind of frame it that way. And I like that was kind of what we tried to do there. And it was – it was I won't take all the – all the blame for it you know but <laughs> well, um well i, I was gonna i was gonna say uh this this is a really special one for me because i probably would have written that story if you didn't <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah exactly so so you gotta you gotta bite the bullet on that one and uh you know like I, and i've had those ones before i mean like you can go back to uh um 2015 when everyone was trying to figure out who was going to play replace marcus Mariota, and i think I, I wrote a, you know, Jeff Lockie is the next man up story. I think I wrote like after the spring game, I wrote like a big, like it could be Taylor Alley. Like sometimes you just have to go with those. And, and you know, also in the preseason, I think there's a little bit of an entertainment value to it. You're, you're kind of mm-hmm. just telling stories of these people and it's, it's a little bit more human interest. But uh, yeah, sometimes you can, uh, sometimes it just don't go your way. And, you know, Dante's still young in his career and, uh, he's gotten on the field occasionally, but, you know, between kind of like him and, uh, you know, like Seven McGee or Byron Cardwell, it's just some of those guys that we thought were going to get a lot of playing time this year. Uh, it just hasn't happened. Yeah, I was going to say, like, I think part of the reason we want to write this too is it's like everyone was going so hard in the same few guys, right? And that really backfired with a guy like Cardwell where he's not even playing anymore. It's like right. everybody else is getting time, even dollars, right? And not just the new guys. Um, yeah, it, it's tough, right? Great story. I still love the off-the-field aspect of that story, but it's tough because Troy Franklin is just clearly far and away the number one guy there. And, you know, with with Chase Cota being hurt and, and McGee doing whatever McGee's doing, and I don't even think we need to really get into that too much, um, but uh, Dante's going to have some uh, some more chances. But I'm, I'm going to throw one back in your face now. Okay, and maybe okay, we'll, we'll start we'll – start, it's tough because you have some good ones too. Thank but you. I think I, I think the Mariners I'll, 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 one is I'll, the go-to. Also, also tread lightly here because you know I this is my site. That's uh, true. Yeah, the, That's true. The, the Mariners one is is pretty bad. Um, yeah, you want to maybe you can explain that better than I can. Yeah, I I think it was back in March. I, it was a it was a podcast that I had just done with Corey Brock. Um, going into the year, the Mariners were projected to be a trendy playoff team, and then they were absolutely god awful for like the first month and a half of the season they couldn't hit it looked like like the 2010 offenses and so like i didn't necessarily like come like write a column saying like they needed to fire their manager but like i like it i think in the in that podcast and in the writing of the episode of that podcast it was just like well you know at this point like scott surveys is going to be the one who takes the fall here and really it's jerry depoto's fault i was ready to just clear house and uh they ended up being pretty decent, you know. I, I think I think people in Seattle might have watched a few of their games uh, during the fall stretch, but yeah, that was a rough one, man. But thankfully, I'm not the only Mariner. I mean, I'm not the only guy uh, who got that one wrong because I, I think just about everyone was at their wits' end with that uh, playoff streak. But uh, yeah, I'm. I got it wrong. I got it wrong. The, got the, it wrong. the big blessing though is that now that 
you're spending a few less nights a week in front of the TV with a, a six pack or a 12 pack, there's more time to write great corridor stories. 12 pack. Who do you think I get this? Hey, body hey, hey, down hey. in a 12 pack. Uh, all right. That was a good one. All right. For the number two pick in the, we screwed it up draft. I'm actually, I'm not picking a Shane one here. I'm going to go off the board. I'm going to go with good friend and podcast co-host when he can make it. Uh, Aiden Schneider's pre-Georgia headline. <laughs> like <laughs> we we do it, did like a thirty-minute podcast, and I do the poll quote from Aiden of I think I think Oregon will cover, and I think I agreed with it, and I don't think Oregon covered that game, Shane. I'm not quite sure. I'm not quite sure if they would today. There was some uh, some whispers about that from Bonex yeah, being tossed oh, around oh, this week. Okay, but. okay. What 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 do you actually think about that? For people who didn't see it, Bonex basically said that if Oregon were to play Georgia today. Not only would the score be different, but he thinks that they could potentially win. Um, and if you look back through Bonex's interview history, uh, even t- that his time at Auburn, like this has been a kid who's, I mean, I think he's pretty humble, but he's hes not lacking self-confidence whatsoever. Um, yeah. But, yeah. Uh, I mean, like, I, th- I think Oregon is a completely different team than yeah, they the, are now. The but score would be different. I just don't yeah, know I think how it'd be like, it would be. Yeah, like maybe 40 to 28 or something like that. Or I, No, I agree. Because, I mean, this defense hasn't really meaningfully improved. And then on top of that, like, for as great and as exciting as this offense has been, um, when you look at the numbers, there's not really a – and it can get kind of – um, screwed up because they're playing good offenses, but there's not really a defense in the Pac-12 that's like by any means elite. Like even Utah's no. has some really bad numbers this year, and so um, yeah, I still think that's a different beast. Um, yeah, I think the score would be different. Um, remember, uh, not a great, remember, not a great one. Remember, like the first two drives of that game, or even mm-hmm. like the first drive. I think like maybe like the first four plays where you like Oregon was moving the ball. They got to midfield pretty quickly, and like. I think there was like a momentary, like two minutes in the press box where everyone was like, all right, like this might be a game here. And then it just, you know, then the rest of the game happened, whether it be the turnovers or just stalling. But it was like, you know, I, I if, if I was Bo Nix, like there was enough, maybe enough glimpses in that game where you think like, okay, like I saw a window and maybe if we can keep maximizing that, like maybe we can make it competitive. But yeah, Georgia, yeah, Georgia, yeah. Georgia was a, a freak. <laughs> Well, since you went off the board, and I think I might have a few more of these than than you do, do you want to just uh, throw another one my way? Throw in, <laughs> well, you know, I don't. Um, I'm going. I'm going to do a. Uh, I'm going to do an Oregon State twofer on on your hand here. Oh yeah, there we go. Um, and 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 neither of these are egregious, but I uh, before the season started, like you had said that you wanted to to cover or do a little bit more Oregon State stuff, and so I sent you out to practice. To, to write a, uh, a thing on Everett Hayes, the kicker who blasted the, what was it, 61-yard field goal? Last yeah, year? something like 60 or something. Some, yeah. Something like that. And uh, I you wrote that up. It led the, the Monday Five. It was a nice piece. And he hasn't kicked a whole lot this year. No, no. He he's been on the sidelines a lot with an injury. Yeah. And uh, it's not oh, the only guy. Yeah, and, and so, it, you know, you – you go out to Oregon State practice. You, you call me after and be like, "Oh my gosh, it's incredible! Like you can talk to so many people and it's open and all this sort of thing." Like I think I might do a Luke Musgrave story. Well, it hasn't been great for Luke Musgrave either. <laughs> well, so so for context, Musgrave is this future NFL tight end that they have that was going to be their number one, you know, option regardless of position, just number one weapon. 
and started the season as such. And I had a phone interview scheduled with him when I was back in Michigan. I was supposed to call him after practice. And I think the day, a day or two before that, um, he, he got hurt and has not come back and might not come back the entire season. I haven't been keeping up uh, with all the news on that. But, uh, yeah, not a, not a great one-two punch there. But, you know, I will say my quarterback stuff with Oregon State has aged well, and I'm glad I didn't go all in on the fact that they couldn't still be a good team without an elite quarterback. So it, that has worked out so far. Yeah, yeah. Um, boy, I and, – and granted, you know, who knows how it still shakes out, but I was I was definitely considering doing like going all in and doing like a Chance Nolan profile before the season. And um, not, that that it, like, not that it, like it would have still been warranted in some form or another because you know, I'm sure he, the kid still got a nice story. But uh, yeah, that, that, that would have been a nice cold, cold takes exposed one there. Well, speaking of injuries, you had a you had a Bennett Williams one queued up last season, and then I think he was it. How 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 long after did he break his leg? Well, so i i talked to I talked to Bennett's dad because, um, like, I mean, you've interviewed Bennett. Like, the kid's like a fantastic interview, and and he's uh, he's really smart. Like, it it it's it, it, like you can go off on different topics, and he was playing really really good football last year. Um, and so I was like, oh, I want to explore this a little bit. So I was, I was talking with his dad who played on Cal, who was actually in the, the band is on the field game. Um, and so like, we, we were talking about that and we were talking about Bennett's season and, and basically just about how kind of Bennett grew up in a household, a, a football household, but also, um, you know, anyways, it was, it was, it was going to be, a, it was going to be a real nice profile. I had a great conversation with his dad. Then like three days later, um, it was right before the Stanford game, I believe. Um, he, he just snapped his leg in a freak accident in practice. And, uh, that, I mean, like I, I ended up, I ended up using like bits of that, I think in like a notebook piece, just like the, the, the band is on the field part or about his dad. But, uh, yeah, that, uh, that absolutely torpedoed that profile before, and, but granted he's healthy now and he's having a good season. So maybe, uh, maybe that's coming down the pike here sometime soon. I was going to say, that'd be a good one. He is very well spoken. I, I think. You know, I know there's some fans out there that watch um, some of the practice videos that people throw up on YouTube of, of the players speaking, but there's such a discrepancy between like some of the guys and then some of the like really, really nice interviews. And Bennett's one of those, and he's just a joy to talk to. And he gives really well thought out answers that, yes, there's some coach speaking there as there's always going to be, but I, I've always enjoyed talking to him because I think he tries to avoid that when he can for sure and give extra context. I, I will say that, I mean, granted, you never want anyone to get injured, but. If someone is going to get injured, it's nice to have just talked to their dad like two days before so you can confirm it. <laughs> like, it yeah. Just, yeah, you yeah, did have the, the sources say on that one, yeah. Yeah, that was the, uh, a nice nice thing to have out of a bad situation. Um, you ready for the big one? Yeah, let's do it. You know you know which one it's going to be, right? Well, there's still there's actually still a few big ones on the board, so I have a feeling, but I'll let you uh, I'll let you go. <laughs> uh, it's it's actually what I think was probably the best story you've written for the corridor, to be honest. Uh, it was it was your all in Dana Altman, the master of late season turnarounds. Last year, the uh, the Ducks did their typical thing where they struggled to start the year. They got really hot kind of midway through. You did the piece about how Altman was doing what he was doing with every other team he's coached where he's turned it around and they were playing Altman style basketball coming into March. And then they just completely crashed and burned 
almost like perfectly coincided from like when you wrote that story. So um, we don't we can't pay for sound effects because we're cheap. But yeah, yeah, that and that one. It was a good story too. Like, like I would, I, like I wouldn't be upset by that. And like, I, I think everything that you wrote in there, like, still holds weight. Like, you can have like an, a, a fluke, uh, a fluke year where you missed it, but that was perfect. Just absolutely well, perfect. Yeah, it was pretty funny because it's like any other year I could have put that out. It was like very warranted. And and believe me, if they go on a run late this or I guess early this spring, I'm gonna bump the shit out of that. Story. Oh hell yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm just I, i'm gonna promote it everywhere because i put so much time i think i had a dozen sources and, and granted like some of those oral history stories have more than that but for me like being a student working last year like that was a lot of time to put in oh, yeah, and dude, i loved you, how the story turned out but you, it was you kind worked, of uh, tragic you you worked your ass off on that one uh and you did a good job with it and just sometimes it doesn't actually i was gonna say sometimes it doesn't work but then i'm saying that we're just cursed and uh, we apologize to everyone that we've written about over the last two, two year and a half. Well, well, the the best like case for the the curse is the Arroyo one because yeah, you you go in and you do this. I, I thought it was a great piece it's about um, the success or lack thereof of Oregon coaches after leaving Eugene. They did um, offense coordinators, defense coordinators, head coaches, and Arroyo was like the lead of that because. Or Kimmy, if he was this, I don't, I don't remember if he did the start or the end of Battle Royal, but he was, you know, off to a good start at UNLV, UNLV trying to kind of buck that curse. And then I don't think they've won a game since you put that story out. Yeah, no, they, uh, they're on a three game losing streak. Um, and they haven't been particularly close games either. But the thing for Arroyo is UNLV has been so bad for like the last decade, is from the moment I wrote that story, he could have not won another game for the, the rest of the season and it still would have been their best year in quite some time um so yeah but yeah that's uh i that's a very good cause and effect we wrote the story they haven't won i mean like you i think that would hold up in a court of law yeah and and um i guess kind of kind of opposite to that was my my searing hot disdain <laughs> for the UCLA Bruins. Uh, uh, I, I knew when you wrote that season. Yeah, I knew when you wrote that one too that it was going to come back to bite you. And that's not because I believed in UCLA, but that's just like that's what kind of chip teams do. It's just like, you know, every time you think that like he should be fired, or every time you think that like maybe they got it back together, it's it's the complete opposite. So, but but like uh, a great editor, you let it run still. So, well, I mean, yeah, like I. I think that you have to fly close to the sun every once in a while to realize that your wings might be able to burn. My wings are, are black covered in <laughs> soot at this point. But I, I, I think we were talking about that one on the podcast and it was because what they were, they were three and oh, but they had, right, they had one. They just hadn't won convincingly yet. Yeah. yeah and and but, we had, you said, you said, sorry to jump in, but you said that if they, you know, the, they had a stretch coming up where it was like, what was it? It was, it was Oregon, Washington, Washington, Oregon, and USC or in some order. Utah, Utah, Utah. Utah, sorry, excuse me. Um, and and you said uh, if they win those three, maybe Chip should get a statue. And I said if they win one of those, maybe he should get a statue. <laughs> and <laughs> you know they didn't win all of them, but they got they got uh, two of them pretty convincingly. So yeah, um, ah man, that one I I liked that one, especially because like I. Um, I don't even think it's like hot takey, but like I'm, I've always just avoided like, 
I, I think anyone who reads me knows that I, I don't make a whole lot of like statements per se like that. So I always respect when people do kind of, and for you to just be like, <laughs> like they, they blow man. Like, uh, I loved it. I loved it. Well, you might not, you might not consider this a statement, but there's one I wanted to mention. I wrote this big, I actually think this is one of my better pieces too. I wrote this big profile on Frank Kepnong last year and I still love the piece. I think it held, held, uh, that was like your up I think that well. was like your, your second, cause you did Doorless was your, your, yeah. your debut and then Kepnong was your next one. That was a good right, one. Right, right. And, and like I said, I think it holds up well. It was a lot about his personality and he was a guy that a lot of fans were getting interested in. Obviously he's, he's transferred out since then. Um, but the biggest thing that I thought was so funny reading it back the other day actually was that at the end of the first section, I had something about how he could pay, play a key role in terms of, it was like, it was like, he's a blank, he's blank and he can play a key role in getting Orion back to the postseason. And you changed it and said the final uh, four. Yeah. And that was, that was egregious. I, yeah. Um, well, I mean, like, what was the mind? What was your mind state at for that one? I, why, why final four? I think you and I had just been talking about them, and maybe, I don't know. I, th I, I think I wanted to uh, make it a little more enticing, but I apologize for that one, um, Frank. Who knows? Maybe you could have made the final four if I if I want to put that in, but who knows? <laughs> well, I will say. I, I, yeah, sorry, go ahead. Sorry. Oh, all right. Well. Um, for as many of these awful takes we fired off, some of our best takes have been the ones we haven't put out because we've we've uh, we've I guess what's a, what's a good analogy for this? We've we've knocked the arrow, we pulled it pulled it back, and then we've uh, instead of letting it go, we've we've uh, released the tension on the, this horrible whatever. We haven't fired off these takes, and one of those <laughs> is the uh, the Portland Trailblazers. I'm, gonna, I'm, gonna use, I'm just gonna use that as the pull, the Instagram audio, the the, the teaser. <laughs> Changing. But we we, good, we yeah. were both ready to go very in that the Blazers, as fun as they could be, should should not be looking to make a splash this year, and they should enter the Wembanyama sweepstakes. And we might still believe that, but it's it's a dated take at this point because not only are they playing good basketball, but they're so fun, and we've mentioned that. And so maybe we could do in honor of them, and in honor of the fact that we didn't lay the curse on them five to ten minutes on the Blazers, real quick. Yeah, I, well, I I, th I think you hit you hit the nail perfectly there. In like they're fun, and like I don't I don't think that they're built to contend right now. I don't think that like they hell they might not even make the playoffs this year. But like they have a piece in in Shaden that is completely different than anything that they've had in the Lillard era, and it's homegrown, and you just don't know where that ceiling is. And even with four, like all stars that they've had in the past, like you kind of knew at, like how like CJ CJ McCollum's max like you kind of knew Nurkic's max like I don't know like like Sharp has like I, I there's no player that they've had since Dame that I just like I'm like I can't wait for that guy to be on the court because I just I'm gonna watch him the entire time and obviously he still has a lot of stuff he can work on but like that dude can jump through the gym and if they're playing competitive ball and Dame's into it and because like I try like. You know, I, I I think I think Dame has some some warts like like all other players, but like I think he's legitimately a really good leader. And I saw I saw like a, a photo they posted from the team plane of like all of them like hanging out together and like super tight. And it, it might be a superficial thing, but it was like, ah man, this kind of just feels like one of those like Blazers teams that's going to like historically overachieve and, and whatever that amounts to. But yeah, it, I I'm in. I I think it'll be pretty fun.
Yeah, and I, I don't really – there's a lot of bad basketball out there at this point that it doesn't really matter if they keep winning. or they don't. Obviously, those good vibes are kind of dependent on, on them at least staying afloat, especially while Dame's out. Right. Um, but it makes a little bit more sense than I thought it would on paper. Like, yeah, like I don't think the – the Dame Simons backcourt defensively is going to be amazing still, but they have looked better than I thought they would. And they're each capable once they, of hitting. Once they get Peyton back too. Right. That's the thing, especially while Dame's out, if he can come back and play with Simons. But the fact that Simons and Lillard have the potential to hit, you know, seven to eight threes on a Tuesday night is like, that's game changing. I mean, the one he had a, the little heater Ant had against the Nuggets. I happened to be watching live. That was awesome. And then, I just threw on their um, game against Houston the other day while I was cooking up some food. And I just happened to watch for like the 10 minutes where Shaden had the sequence where he yeah, you just, me just one of that. the most insane, like head fully at the rim. And then Keon Johnson runs down a loose ball and throws it up to him. And it just, you know, it was cathartic. I, I, I wasn't at either of these games, but I was watching them both on TV and it, the just that sequence of the back and forth and the crowd going nuts for the whole thing it reminded me of um it was i guess three years ago it was lebron's first game as a laker they were playing in portland uh lebron oh comes, yeah i remember lebron that comes and slam uh, you know throws one down dame comes back with like just a huge jam and then lebron goes back the other way and jams it again and it was just like and it was like 30 seconds into the game it was like Oh my God! <laughs> like, like that's 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 kind of the same vibe that uh that that sharp felt like a a few days ago. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. You know, hopefully we can get some credentials and we can start covering them more in depth. I mean, and they're fun. I think they probably could use another big man, and they might be might even be able to trade for for one because you know we know Nurkic isn't going to stay healthy, and I don't know how much you trust Drew Eubanks, but you know, getting a guy like Winslow off the off the um off the uh. What you call it the the heap with the I'm just completely out of it uh, the junk <laughs> the junkyard I don't know whatever yeah um and he's been serviceable if not you know uh, pretty electric at times just with everything he can bring so yeah it's been fun are you still going to the uh, the game on uh, yeah tomorrow I, actually I, I, yeah I have tickets tomorrow they they're not quite as sexy as uh, they were before Dame got hurt but I look forward to seeing John Morant play in person so uh, that's gonna be fun I'm jealous he's yeah. electric. I uh, I'm I'm stoked, but I I think probably the best thing for us to do though, if we want to keep enjoying the season, is to burn this podcast and never let it see the light of day. Because um, we're kind of playing with fire here with a uh, this is the cursed podcast and uh, go Blazers, right? Yeah, I guess so. Anything else uh, on your end? What are you uh, What are you excited for this? You're going up Seattle, right? Yeah, I I'll be at the. Washington Oregon State game on Friday. Oregon State's That's first your, game. Your first Beavers game of the year, right? Correct. Um, and it's the first time Oregon State has been in the top twenty-five since twenty thirteen. Um, yeah, I, I just think, especially Oregon. I think Oregon's going to score ninety-four points this week against Colorado. So I'm not particularly in- interested in that game. But um, Jonathan Smith going back up to Washington, where Oregon State hired him away from. Uh, to win their seventh game of the year and, and stay in Pac-12 contention, yeah, I'm all for it. Yeah, I think they're they're like not significant underdogs, but they're underdogs too. So it should be yeah, kind it's of a it's put it, up or shut up game. Yeah, they're they're number twenty four in the country, and I think it's a three point spread. So, um, yeah, I I like this podcast though, man. Like 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 one thing that I I I think 
I hope hope listeners uh, um, pick up from us is like it's it's easy for us to like go through and do a podcast like this and kind of like be jokey about it because I think I think in truth like the the type of writing and, and coverage we like to do is a lot more based around the stories and the people than than I mean this is why we don't do like a weekly score prediction like that's mm-hmm. I don't think that's really our jam so I I think it's uh, um, I, I think it's good to be able to kind of look and, and laugh at yourselves a little bit, especially when, uh, especially when you have a murderer's row of, of, <laughs> uh, of, of items like we we've put up this year. So it's funny too, cause I think this was the most planning we've done for a podcast and it yeah, was just no finding shit. our worst takes. <laughs> well, so, well, so that's how it started is like you and I have always just kind of like for the last couple months, like we've been kind of giving each other shit back and forth about this. And then finally it was like, we should do a podcast about this. And, uh, yeah, like usually we, cause you and I are texting or texting or in touch with each other every day. So like usually like we know like when we're doing a regular traffic report, we just sign on and start recording and we can go with it. But, uh, no, this one, uh, this one, we did some homework. Yeah. What about, uh, are you doing anything? I mean, I'll, I'll have a, and follow Dante story. I said it might be to you tonight after you had suggested Thursday. And then I have to now revoke no, that statement because I'm busy Thursday. Yeah. Yep. Um, but, uh, what about, what about you? Are you working on anything? Um, I'm trying to turn a big, Nick's profile. It, it might not be this week, but it's going to be soon. Um, I don't really care that if I'm giving it away to people because I think everyone is probably writing a big Bonex profile right now. Yeah, I don't but... know if you knew, but he's actually <laughs> entered the Heisman race now. Yeah, yeah. Shocker. Uh, and did you know? Yeah, no. no. Ah, I'm going to pull my punches here. I'll talk to you later, Shane. All right, see you. Later.